pour yourself a Pims and whip up that cream for those strawberries. This is Wimbledon, your 10-minute daily recap of the action at Wimbledon. Ready? Play. Iconic. It is Wimbledon, day nine, men's quarterfinals. Sorry, gentlemen's quarterfinal day. Wow, it is a day of triumph and heartbreak. I. I just have gone through all the boxes of Kleenex possible. <laughs> I ha- I didn't know I was going to get emotional at the end of that match. I really didn't. Did you get a bit emotional? I didn't because I, I didn't think it. I still don't think it's the end for him. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I don't think it's over. I know, th- you know, Chris Fowler and uh whoever was on commentary Brad Gilbert uh I think started talking about that when he went down for love in the mm-hmm. in the fourth and he mm-hmm. seem was seemingly resigned to the fact that he was going to lose but mm-hmm. uh I mean overall through the tournament it took him a little bit to um get into the tournament he really peaked I think in his last match against Sonigo and that led us to believe that he would have a bit of an easier time with her catch, but her catch had other ideas. Yeah. And I was so completely wrong. I thought that Federer was, you know, again, fine tuning his game, that this was going to be a pretty easy victory for him, but it was the exact opposite. <laughs> what What was it? It was a, a melange of, uh, of what? That word that you said earlier, a melange of, Fed. I don't remember. <laughs> Fed errors. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. He looked, a, I would say, half a step to a step slower than his match against Sonigo, which was very weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't expect Federer to have 31 unforced errors. Um, all credit to Hercash. He was in a positive in, in that respect winners to errors and he just kind of stepped up you know i knew that maybe the narrative around this particular match was going to revolve exclusively around whether federer was going to retire how poorly he played and all of that stuff but i think it's important for us to just you know give a little a little yay hubie because <laughs> he did he did so well let's not take that victory away from him yeah uh federer didn't he started slow he was making a few errors and he looked a step slower the match got a little bit closer in the second set mm-hmm. uh, which went to a tie break but then after that it was all hubie <laughs> Yeah, all who be. This is the first time that Federer has been bageled at Wimbledon. Um, And I'm just going to fast forward to after the handshake. And of course, you know, as we both mentioned yesterday, uh, you know, this is his backyard, center court at Wimbledon. He had a rousing round of applause from all the spectators. And just the way that he handled that on his way to the locker room, I'm not sure whether you noticed this, but he kind of like was you know fixing his hair and he was kind of uncomfortably touching his chin and his nose i think he was fighting back tears i i created this story in my mind that like he's like this is my last time 
I better enjoy it. And then, you know, as he's walking to the locker room, he's looking up at the at the crowd of people and he does his typical kind of like Federer wave. I told I could not I started crying. I was like, oh, my God, this is the end of an era. <laughs> oh well, God. you know, us in the media, because that's where we are. We're, we're, <laughs> we're a media entity. We're a media empire. This podcast, <laughs> we create those narratives sometimes mm. for ourselves, even though that's not what he's thinking and what he said in the post matches that he's going to talk with his team mm-hmm. but you could tell he um <clears throat> was mentally struggling through the end of that match and that's something that he'll need to figure out if he's going to try to compete at the highest level because now he's approaching 40 and these mm-hmm. guys you know who who have Federer as their hero like her right. 15 right. years younger have a bit more fitness a bit more um, ability to maintain in those longer matches. Um, mm-hmm. And her catch has a very sort of fluid game, very similar, I would say, to Federer. Yeah. Daniela Hentukova, who does coverage for um, a British network, she was saying that when it came... F- time for her to make the decision to retire it's obviously a very personal decision and for her it was about not wanting to travel anymore and being away from her friends her family and you know yeah we are kind of an media outlet we create these narratives where we have our opinions I just don't know that Federer especially after having come back from rehab and again in his post-match interview he said that was an like a really tough mountain to climb very slow he would have preferred to recover quicker but you know you get all the way there and then you get close you're in a quarterfinal um your children are getting older um you've accomplished everything you possibly can in the sport i mean what's left for him mm-hmm. you know what's left yeah oh my god so so um <laughs> so dramatic <laughs> what's left um i mean he still loves it though he still loves the traveling Mm. he loves being with his family he talked you know he did an interview about the difference of like being in in a home versus being in the quarantine hotel and how you know when he would arrive at Wimbledon they would talk about you know where are they going to go out for eat for food or like what are they going to do in the city while daddy's playing tennis so Mm -hmm. I think he kind of likes that because he still can bring his family along and they've sort of figured that out but uh, he'll need to figure out, you know, mentally if he's able to compete and, and continue in that way. I think physically he seems okay. It's it's more the mental side. I mean, if you look at, again, the match against Sonigo, physically he looked amazing in that match. So Yeah, but I mean, it's different when you're doing it over two weeks. Yeah. I think that's the thing when you're getting older. I mean, we don't want Federer to end up pulling a Venus. I mean, Venus is... I mean, she should have kind of called it quits a while ago. But I mean, she still listen to your point. She still she still enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be really, uh, it would be really sad to see someone that's so legendary um, kind of stay in longer than they should. Mm-hmm. I always I always feel like if you're if you were at the top of your game, you know, you pull a Steffi. You, you win your Grand Slam in the French Open, you make it to the finals of Wimbledon, and you're good. <laughs> yeah, or do like Sampras did, which was, I think, win the U.S. Open and then retire. I bet if he won Wimbledon, he probably would have retired. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Agreed. But congrats mm-hmm. to Hubie on to the semis against Mateo. <laughs> okay, you watched that? I, I did, I watched it. I... 
finally watched a match. <laughs> are you are you impressed with him now or what? L- let me tell you. Okay, let me tell you about him. So two things I'm really impressed with. The first one is actually not so impressive, but I mean it's been really working for him uh, at Wimbledon this year. His ginormous serve that has like 75 different motions, like it's <laughs> just all over the place. But he's got excellent timing. His use of the backhand slice yes. is the fucking best. I was he, yeah. He just he slices and when the way he slices, you know, usually the reply to his slice is um, probably another slice. But he feels so confident to rip on that next ball, and mm-hmm. that's what's setting him up for all of these, you know, finishing points either at the net or a short court. His slice is super impressive. That's what's gotten him really, I think, to this point of the tournament. Did you look at my notes? I swear to God, I did not. It's okay because I didn't make any, but it was my. <laughs> It was the mental note in my head to talk about his slice and mm. FAA couldn't handle it when it was hit to his forehand. Like he couldn't, yeah. he couldn't pick it up. And um, his net play is amazing. I was, mm-hmm. you know, shocked to having this be the first full match that I watched of his mm-hmm. uh, to see his serve, to see his forehand, to see that slice and to see his net play. It's sort of a, full package and he's now i think undefeated on the grass he's like 10 and 0 or 11 and 0 or something so yeah berrettini made the semis of the u.s open a couple of years ago right that was kind of his breakthrough yeah he wasn't as quick uh at that time and he still had weaknesses i think uh particularly on his backhand but yeah he has weaponized that slice Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's it's so good. I mean, so he's in the bottom half. It's gonna be that's gonna be so exciting. You you have a new finalist, mm-hmm. and potentially a new finalist in the top half. I didn't watch the Djokovic match because I knew it was gonna be, um, a, perhaps a quick match, and because <laughs> I wanted to watch Chapo. I prioritized mm-hmm. Chapo. Yeah. Which went yeah. to five sets and a back and forth affair. Back and mm. forth affair. Mm-hmm. He, th- we're, which one are we talking about? Chapeau? We're going to do the Chapeau match. Chapeau, any, sh- I, what I'm finding with Chapeau is that the racket, sorry, the racket, the the match win rests on Chapeau's racket. And it really boils down to one of his shots. Like mm-hmm. if you had to say which one of Chapeau's shots it rests on, what would it be? God, I don't know. I think it seemed like Hatchinoff was trying to pick on his backhand. See, I I find that it's Chapo's forehand. Yeah, it can, it I, has uh, it has the most uh, chance of of going awry on him for sure. Yeah, I mean Chapo's winners and you know his string of errors literally all come from his forehand. And you know if you watch his game style, his game style is all about dictating play 100% of the time. So you know he's going to be the aggressor. He's not going to be put in a situation where he's going to be um, on the defense. He's literally on um, offense all the time. So I mean against Karen, that's how you pronounce his first name, right? It's just like straight up Karen. I, I, I that's how I pronounce it. Okay, like so against Care, <laughs> Care Bear, <laughs> against Care Bear. Um, he, I mean, it didn't have to go five sets, but, you know, he would just lose a string of points a game because of all his forehand errors. And then, you know, it would just end up in a fifth set. So mm-hmm. I just don't know what his, what that game is going to, I don't think that game is going to bode well against Joko in the semi. 
I think uh, Chapo is 0-6 against Joko, but he's mm. had a couple of close matches with him. I think most recently was the uh, ATP Cup last year. They had mm-hmm. a three-set amazing match. <coughs> I was nervous in the fifth set because Chapo was always playing from behind. So he mm-hmm. was always, it was always on serve, but he was always down a game. So it was, yeah. you know, 3-2, 4-3, um, he s- served and held it for all, and then he broke. And then, you know, he had that nerve wracking game where he had to hold to win the match. <laughs> uh, so I was a bit nervous, but um, he pulled through. Yeah. He, I mean, he, I, I just have to be, we all, we, we have to be really proud of our Canadian men. Mm-hmm. You know, quarterfinal showing for Felix. And I would say of of the two, to be honest, it makes the most sense that Chapo's gone the farthest. You know, I think that he's just had the better results this year. Mm-hmm. After uh, only having one player make the second round of the French Open, it's nice to have a new male player in the semifinals mm-hmm. following the footsteps of Milos mm-hmm. from 2016. A, li- a little bit more personality. Yes. Oh, a lot more. Yeah, that was sarcastic. Yeah, he's he's uh, <laughs> drip dripping with personality. I know he's probably. I don't know. You think he's writing bars in like in his hotel room in between matches? <laughs> I don't think probably so. not. I think probably he's focused not. on the tennis at the moment. I sense he's also very appreciative of the opportunity, mm-hmm. and yes. you know he's he's very respectful of you know the opportunity to play on the court and the wins that he's had over people like Murray and. Um, in the match today, so mm-hmm. semis against Joko. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, I, if I was a betting woman, I bet against him. But <laughs> listen, I've been I've been surprised before. So yeah, like let's see. earlier today, <laughs> like every day <laughs> <laughs> with all the Federers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all right, tomorrow is the lady semifinals. We're looking Ooh. forward to those. Mm-hmm. Until then. Bye. We're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five star review and like, share, and subscribe and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready. Play Tennis Podcast.